We've been in a series titled Money, It's Not Child's Play. We're finishing this series today. Uh, today I want to talk to you on, uh, on this, answer this question. Can God trust you with money? Can God trust you with money? We're going to be reading from Luke 16, if you want to look that up now. Luke 16, beginning with verse 8. But before we, we get there, that question, can God trust you with money, is really one that Jesus addresses in his teaching. Uh, we're talking about how money is not child's play. We don't trust our children with money, right? I mean, we teach them the value of money, as we are doing right now, teaching them to give. But how many of you would let your children decide what bills get paid, right? Uh, how many of you would let them actually learn the process of paying the bills? And you take care of that. No, you know, money's not child's play when it comes to that. My children think on a different level. Uh, this, this week... Uh, in fact, I think it was a Friday, I picked up Karis from school, and Karis is seven years old, and I don't know why she thinks about these things, but she said to me, I don't want to leave home. I said, what? What are you talking about? She said, well, I don't want to grow up and get married because then I have to leave home, and I don't want to leave home. So I said, well, baby girl, you don't have to. Just You and your husband can live with your parents. I'm sure they won't mind. She said, that's a great idea. She said, I'll just tell mommy and daddy to to switch bedrooms with me so me and my husband can live there. She says, but they have to buy us a new bed. <laughs> so um, her mom shot that one down real quick. Because children think on a different level, right? We wouldn't trust them with those uh, decisions. Uh, with money, they just, um, they're not trustworthy when it comes to, to the big issues. Uh, they, they think they know, right? They think, yeah, I, I, um, they'll say to us, buy me this toy. Well, I don't have the money, but you know, or they, my kids say, you got a checkbook, you know. Now they say, you got a card. Uh, so can God trust us with money? Well, in this series so far, we've talked about how everything we have belongs to God, everything, and yet He allows us to handle His money. Now, is God being foolish in doing that and allowing us to handle His money? No, He's not being foolish. Uh, he does it because he wants to bless us, and he does it because he wants to give us a chance to prove that we can handle his money. So in Luke 16, Jesus tells a parable. Jesus tells a parable in which uh, a man has a, a steward, somebody who manages his financial affairs, and this master, this man, decides to fire his steward, for mismanaging his money. He got evidence of that. He decides, I'm going to fire him. So when the, the steward, when this financial manager found out about his master's decision that he was going to fire him, he decided to go to his master's debtors, to the people who owed him money, and to settle their accounts with him. But instead of making them pay the full amount, instead of saying, I'm about to lose my job, and i got to finish this job uh, before I let, get let go. So you need to pay everything you owe to my master's company. He doesn't do that. He says, I'm going to cut your debt in half. Just pay half of it. And he collects that payment immediately. And he, he does that, and the master finds out what he's doing, and he praises him. 
not because he was this was a dishonest thing he was doing, because he not only collected the money for his masters for his master rather, but he he made some friends. His friends were like, oh, "Okay, thanks for looking out for me," and so he gained some influence over those debtors. And the master found out what he was doing, and he praised him not for being dishonest, but he praised him for acting shrewdly with his money. With his money. <coughs> Excuse me. And the takeaway of, of this parable is that not only are we to be faithful with the money that God has entrusted to us, but we have to be shrewd. I do have some water back there at the table. I forgot it. We have to be shrewd. We have to be smart. In fact, faithfulness with our money includes being shrewd on how we manage it. And just as the master appraised his steward, even though he had been, thank you, even though he had been dishonest and trying to gain influence for himself, he, he thought, boy, I like the way he thinks. So Jesus didn't say, did he keep him on after that? But he, he did say this. This is the way that Jesus ends the parable. Look at Luke 16, 8. In Luke 16, 8, the master commended the dishonest manager because he had acted shrewdly. For the people, this is Jesus talking, for the people of this world are more shrewd in dealing with their own kind than are the people of the light. So there's something to be said about, about managing your money wisely. Now, again, he's not praising the man, the steward, the financial manager for being dishonest. You know, this throws some people, why is Jesus, you know, through the parable, why is he having the master praise him? No, he's not praising him for being dishonest, simply for being wise. And if people in the world are wise and they do it dishonestly, how much more should we be wise but do it honestly? And then Jesus begins to teach on money. So we're going to start reading in, in Luke 16, uh, same chapter, and, and let's just skip a few verses, go to verse 10. So here's what Jesus, what Jesus teaches. Whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. And whoever is dishonest with very little will also be dishonest with much. So if you have not been trustworthy in handling worldly wealth, who will trust you with true riches? And if you have not been trustworthy with, some, with someone else's property, who will give you property of your own? And then the last thing he says in this teaching, in verse 13, No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. So what I want us to do is I want us to draw out some principles today from this teaching of Jesus. The first two weeks of this series, we, we've been looking mainly at some Old Testament principles from the book of Proverbs. And now we're looking at the New Testament, what Jesus had to say. And we know we're going to see that it just lines up with what all the Bible teaches about money. So here's the first thing that I want you to know from, uh, from this teaching by Jesus. The first principle is this. If we're faithful with little, God will trust us with more. If we're faithful with little, 
God will trust us with more. Now, this principle applies to every area of our lives. If I'm faithful with a little bit, God will give me more of it in, in all the areas of my lives, of our lives. It's true with talent. Let's say you've got a little talent, right? You're not super talented, but you've got some talent in a particular area. Well, if you use that talent faithfully, if you work to develop the talent, if it's a music talent, you take lessons and you learn from others, and you're just faithful to develop and you use it for God, well, then God will give you more talent. So whatever you've got, you take the little that you have, the little that God has given you, and if you're faithful with it and God sees and God thinks, I can trust Him with that, they're managing it well, and so I'm going to give him or I'm going to give her more. It's true with influence as well. If God has given us a little bit of influence among a certain group of people, and we have a circle of influence in our lives, and if we use that influence wisely, not, not to influence people for worldly things, uh, not to influence people necessarily for political things, not that politics has to be bad, but if we use it for good, then God will give us more influence. And if we use that wisely and if we're faithful with that, He'll give us even more influence. It's what we do with what God has given us that allows us to receive more from God. It's true with talent. It's true with influence. It's true with responsibility. If you have a little responsibility and you know, you're uh, tasked with doing something at work, at your family in the church, wherever, and it's not a big deal, but you do it faithfully. You take that responsibility seriously, whatever it might be. God is watching. And if you're faithful in the small things and, and fulfilling the small responsibilities, He'll give you bigger responsibilities and more responsibilities because He's watching to see if He can trust you with what you've been given. If I'm faithful with a little, God can trust me with more. But I have to show, first of all, that I'm faithful with little. And this, of course, is true here with money, which is what Jesus is talking about. If I'm faithful with a little bit of money, then God can trust me with more. If I use it the way that God intends for me to use it, if I manage it wisely, if I don't just, I don't just blow my money, I don't misspend it, uh, but I save it. I'm generous. Uh, I use it the way that God wants me to use it. He'll give us, he'll give me more money. And if I'm faithful to that, he'll give me even more. Whatever you manage wisely, he gives you more of that. Matthew 25, 29, we, we find this from Jesus. For whoever has will be given more and they will have an abundance Whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken from them. That's a principle that Jesus taught that is true today. If you have and you use it wisely, you'll be given more in abundance. And if you don't have, even what you have will be taken away. Be taken away. So the next principle is this. And by the way, I'm thinking of a story now. Let me go ahead and share it with you because... Uh, this doesn't happen like this all the time, and I don't want to imply that it happens this way all the time, but uh, there was a man that we used to know in the church that my dad pastored. And in fact, my dad had pastored 
His first pastorates were in Mexico before he, he came uh, to the United States, he and my mom. And when he was in Mexico, he, he knew a lot of people that he ended up seeing again when he moved to San Angelo to pastor here in San Angelo, the, the last church that he pastored. And one of the f- families that he met that were here in San Angelo, he had pastored when they were very young in Mexico. Now, you know, they were elderly. So um, I, I met this man. This is when I met him. You know, he was an older man, children, grandchildren. And uh, uh, I noticed that he, he was missing one arm. Uh, and so... And he, he worked with tires. He fixed flats. And boy, he knew how to do that with, with one arm. And, you know, so he was very good at it. Uh, but I found out later the story, and this is a story that he told, that he used to play guitar. He says he got away from the Lord. And in those years that he was away from the Lord, he had an accident in which he lost his arm. And so the story that he, he told was that he felt like, you know, it was one of those things where you know, he wasn't using the talent for God, so it got taken away from him, and it's something that he regretted. Now, again, I don't want to imply, oh, if you're not using the talent, God's going to hurt you. God doesn't work that way. God doesn't work that way. Uh, but neither can I discount what this man felt. Neither can I say, well, no, that's not right. You know, it's possible that, you know, he knows where he was, and God knows uh, his life then. But uh, ultimately, we need to know that however God will take something away from us. It may not be as dramatic as that. It's a principle that Jesus taught. And so here's, here's what he's saying to us. Let me state it this way. Manage money wisely and it will increase. This is what he's saying. Manage money wisely and it will increase. Now, I, I, it, I'm, I get so upset when I hear teachers and a lot of them on TV, preachers, who will take this truth and will misconstrue it or will use it to, to their benefit. God wants you to be rich and, you know, you give me the money, send me the money, and uh, God's going to bless you. And they start talking to a fourfold, tenfold, a hundredfold. And I'm thinking, well, why don't you give me the money? God will bless you the same way. But that's never an option, you know, they never give that, make that an option. But manage money wisely. This is, let me just say, just because there are people who abuse this teaching doesn't mean that this is wrong. This is what Jesus is teaching. Manage money wisely and it will increase. God is saying, I'm watching to see what kind of manager you are with my money that I'm lending you for your lifetime. Now, you and I have both heard people say, when I make it big, when I make it big, when my ship comes in, man, I'm really going to serve God. No, you're not. No, you're not. Because if you're not faithful in little things, you're not going to be faithful in big things. Oh, when I make it big, when I really hit it big financially, I'm really going to be generous. I'll start tithing. No, you're not. You're not. You have to do it with the little that God has given you. If you can't tithe with a little bit, then how are you going to tithe when, you know, when, if God were to bless you with a lot of money? Now, I know... Uh, sometimes the people get hung up on, on the amount. And Jesus says, look, to learn how to give, start with a percentage, with a 10%, right? This is what we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. Uh, this is really ob- obedience level giving. That's not really generous giving yet. That's just obedience level giving. But if you can't even do obedience level giving, what makes you think you're going to be like an extravagant giver all of a sudden? No. 
Uh, faithful in little means faithful in much. So God is watching and saying, if I'm faithful in little, he can trust me with more. Uh, he's saying, if I'm, God is saying, if he's faithful with little, I can trust him with more. Now, here's another way to look at this. What, what Jesus is telling us here is this also, that money is a spiritual test. We're going to see this in verse 11. Money is a spiritual test. In fact, it may be the biggest spiritual test in your life. Because, see, God doesn't just trust his power to anyone. God just doesn't go out and pour his blessing and his spiritual power on anybody. He'll test us first to see if we can handle his power. We can handle his grace. We can handle his blessing. He's always testing us. God is always testing us. Not just once, but over and over, he's testing us. And throughout the Bible, God says more than anything else, we see that God says, I will use money as the conclusive test. The conclusive test of your faith. Money is a conclusive test, or some say the acid test. That's it. In your life, more than anything else, the greatest test of your faith will be in the area of finances. Why is that? Well, you know, when you start talking about money, people get real sensitive about it real quick. Right? You know, there are songs about money. Money, 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 money. There are movies about money, right? There are stories about money. We pay money to go see movies about somebody who found money, who stole money, you know, who inherited money, who's hiding money, who's making money. But as soon as we talk about money in the church, like, oh, brother, that's kind of personal, right? Kind of personal. And uh, all kinds of defenses go up. But God says, look, I'm going to use money as the conclusive test of your faith, the acid test. In verse 11, this is uh, maybe one of the most important verses for a lot of people that they've never read. Look at Luke 16, 11. So if you have not been trustworthy in handling worldly wealth, who will trust you with true riches? Now look at that a minute. Just kind of reflect on that. What is Jesus saying? If you have not been trustworthy in handling worldly wealth, who will, who will trust you with true riches? Now let's, let's look at some definitions first so we're all on the same page what Jesus is talking here, talking about here. Trustworthy, of course, means to be dependable, to be reliable, a good manager. Worldly wealth is your income, is your salary, how you make a living, your possessions, all your assets, that's your worldly wealth. But then he talks about true riches. Now, true riches here are spiritual power, spiritual blessing, spiritual anointing. Those are the true riches. And my guess is that a lot of Christians are totally unaware of this verse, that there is a connection between our assets and how we handle, handle our assets and the true riches, the power of God, the blessing, the anointing of God. And uh, the Bible says very clearly, and not just here where Jesus is teaching, but in other places as well, that how I handle my money determines how much God can bless my life spiritually. How much He can bless my life materially, financially. But we're talking here about true riches. And God is watching to see if I'm a responsible money manager. And so he says, if you haven't been 
trustworthy in handling your own income, why would I trust you with my power? Why would I trust you with my anointing on your life? Why would I trust you with my blessing? Now, you know, I want to I have financial blessing. I uh, want to get out of debt, and I want to have money to be generous. You know, we have all these goals, but more than that, you know, I really want God's blessing on my life. I want God's blessing. I want to have God's hand on me. And I want the same thing for you, for all of us here, those of you that are watching online, those of you that are here in person. And this is a test. This is it. The test. There's a connection between maturity and money. How I handle my income, my assets, my possessions determines how mature I am. There's a connection between possessions and power. Because if my finances are out of control, then my life is out of control. And God says, I can't trust him with my, with my power. He'll misuse it. They go together. Some people say, why is my life such a mess? My life is such a mess. I talk to people who say, I'm just... I'm hurting or I'm spiritually stuck. I'm in a spiritual rut. I got spiritual blahs. You know, I, don't, I don't feel God's presence anymore. I don't see any answers to prayer. I don't, I'm not growing spiritually. I don't feel any, uh, like I have God's power in my life or I'm out of work. Or I, you know, I'm going to lose my job. I'm going to lose my house. I'm in debt. I, you know, I just go from highs to lows. I'm bouncing all over the place. My spiritual life is out of control. My financial life is out of control. Well, my advice to you is check your bank account. Check your budget. Check how you're handling money. There's a direct connection between how you're managing your money, which is really God's money, and how much God can trust you with spiritual blessings. You can have, you can have your finances in order, but if you're not, you know, according to, to earthly um, standards, but if you're not spending it the way that God teaches in His, in his Word to spend the money, then um, not only can God not trust you with more money, but He can't trust you with His presence, His power. And so that's why a lot of people are hurting. Their souls are just torn to pieces. They got, they got the house. But emotionally, there's no emotional health. There's no mental health. Because inconsistent giving produces inconsistent living, and unmanaged finances are, are symptoms of an unmanaged life. Unmanaged finances are symptoms of an unmanaged life. Out-of-control debt is, uh, is representative of an out-of-control life. So money is the asset test. And here's why. Here's why money is a conclusive test. He tells us in verse 13, because money reveals what we love the most. That's it. Money reveals what we love the most. Look at verse 13. He says, no one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Now, this verse is filled with deep spiritual truths. One, he says, it's impossible to live with divided allegiance. He doesn't say it's hard to, to love God and love money at the same time. He says, no, it's impossible. He's not saying, you know, it's, it's going to be stressful if we try that. No, he's saying it's, 
impossible. You cannot serve God and money. So the real stress in your life going on right now is not what's in the economy. Your real stress isn't, oh, the gas prices are going sky high, and here's who to blame. And you know, The real stress is what's going inside of you, what's going on inside of you, what's going on inside of us. If you have a divided heart, if you're trying to love money, you know, you have a love for money and you're trying to love God at the same time, you're trying to serve two gods at once, you can't say, my number one goal in life is to make more money and at the same time say, my number one goal in life is to serve God. It's impossible. You can't have two number one goals, right? You can't. One has to be subordinate to the other. You have to decide what's going to be God in your life. God or money? God or money? But let me tell you, God doesn't want your money. It's all His anyway, right? It's all His. What He wants is what your money represents. Represents your heart. He wants your heart. He's not vague. You know, this teaching, Jesus is not vague. He lays it out, you know, plain as day. He, he says, tell me how you're spending your money and I'll tell you who you love the most. Tell me how you're spending your money and I'll tell you who you love the most. You say, oh, but I love Jesus the most. It doesn't matter what you say if you're mismanaging God's money. It's what you do. You could say, oh, you know, I could say as a, as a father, it is so important for me to spend time with my kids, but I don't do it. If I don't do it, then it's not really important to me, right? It's not really important to me. I could say it's so important to me. One of the most important things is how I treat my wife, to treat her, you know, with tenderness and love. But if I don't treat her that way, then it really is not important to me. Right? You can say, oh, it's so important for me to read the Bible, but you don't do it, then it's not that important to you. Uh, and you could say, I love God. But your money doesn't show that. Your bank account, your money habits. Because the way you spend your money and the way you spend your time will show what you value the most. So God says, money shows what I love the most. Now let me finish up with this. Some, some reminders. And then one more point that I want to make. Some reminders. An honest evaluation. Okay, an honest evaluation of our lives. Ask yourself, does God really have first place in my life? Does God really have first place in my life? If God were to do an audit of my life right now and he'd look at my schedule and look at my bank account, how I'm spending my time and how I'm spending my money, would that show that God is really first place in my life? Ask yourself this question. Can God trust me with what he has allowed me to have? Or am I acting like it's all mine instead of realizing that it's just on loan from God? Here's another question we should ask ourselves as part of an evaluation of our lives. Am I forgetting that one day I will have to give account of what I did with what God gave me, temporarily what he loaned me? One day we're all going to give account, you know, the the parable of the talents that Jesus told tells us that there's coming a time, a day of reckoning where we have to give account with the talents, with the money 
with the possessions that he entrusted to us for our lives. And this question, does the way I'm using my money show that God can trust me with more? Is my track record saying that he can trust me even uh, more than with what he's given me the first time because I'm being faithful with that? Here's another question. Am I looking ahead? Am I, am I planning my spending? Am I procrastinating? Or am I acting quickly to get out of debt? Do I need to face the facts, as we spoke about in this series, earlier in this series? Do I need to face the facts of where I am financially and make decisions, sell some things off? You know, Dave Ramsey sell, says, sell everything inside so much that the kids think they're next. Don't sell them, but... So am I facing reality? And then finally, have I realized that money is a spiritual test and that God can't trust me, cannot trust me with spiritual power if he can't trust me with material possessions? Here's the last point I want to make. Unmanaged finances, we've alluded to this already, but unmanaged finances reveal an unmanaged life. Unmanaged finances reveal an unmanaged life. Finances that are out of control mean that your life is out of control. It means you need a manager, right? You need a manager. And I'm not just talking about a money manager. I'm talking about Jesus as Lord of your life. Because ultimately, this is what God wants. See, managing our money wisely is part of our surrender to God. I've, I've come across people who see tithing as an investment. They haven't given their life to God. They're not serving God, but they send their tithe. Have you ever met people like that? They'll send their tithe because they think it's, it's an investment, and I want God to bless me. I want God to open the floodgates of heaven. Well, no, that's not the way this works. That's not the way any of this works. The way it works is that we give our life to God. First, and if your finances are out of control, then you need a, not a money manager, but you need a manager, a Lord of your life. You need to surrender your life to Jesus. Begin to serve him. Surrender every part of your life. I remember seeing uh, in a journal many years ago, it was called the Leadership Journal that I used to subscribe to. It's not around anymore, but they, they had some cartoons, and I remember... There was a, a cartoon of a pastor uh, who was baptizing the man. And he, he baptized him, put him under the water. And at the same time, he's under the water except for his hand. He's got his hand up above the water holding his wallet. Like, you're not going to baptize my wallet. <laughs> no, that's, you know, it's, it's every aspect of our lives surrendered to Jesus. So if you're listening today and you've never given your life to Jesus. You've never surrendered your life to him. You've never crossed that line of faith to say, Lord, from now on, I'm going to live for you. I surrender everything in my, in my life to you. You're going to be Lord of my life, not in some mystical way, but actual Lord, actual manager. You're going to run my life. Then do that today. Jesus will come and give you a new life, a new perspective, and then manage his money wisely and he'll grant you power, blessing, anointing. So as we turn to prayer right now, as we've 
uh, you know, gone through these questions. Where are you? As we finish this, this series today, where are you? Uh, spiritually, where are you financially? This is a time for us to turn to God and to surrender to Him. So uh, I'm going to invite you to just bow as we go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we're so thankful, Lord, for your word today and that we have the opportunity to read it and to learn from it. I thank you, dear God, that you have great plans for us. You have great plans to bless us. You have plans to prosper us. You have plans to meet our needs. And, and even, dear God, it, for, for us to have certain things in abundance. But God, you're wanting to see how faithful you are. How faithful we are with the things you have given to us. So God, today I just ask that, first of all, you would forgive us. Forgive us for mismanaging our lives, mismanaging our money, mismanaging our wealth. And help us, dear God, to make this commitment that starting today, we will be wise, we will be shrewd. We will show with the way we manage our money and possessions that you really are first in our lives. And God, I especially pray, pray for that person who, who maybe, dear God, is, um, has not surrendered their life to you first. I pray that they would, as they're drawn to you by your Holy Spirit, they would respond in humility and say, Lord, forgive my sins. I give myself to you, Father. I surrender my life. I surrender my, my heart, every aspect of my life to you. We want to be obedient children. We want to be obedient children. But we need your help, Father. Lord, maybe there's somebody here who has made a mess of their life, and not just in finances, maybe in other areas as well. God, you can take our mess, our brokenness, and make something beautiful of it. So we, we turn to you right now.